Hi, I'm Greg Fisher, and you're listening to Ben Station Radio, where I talk to local entrepreneurs, artists, and other interesting people about the projects they're working on and why they're so excited to be doing them in Bend. Good morning, this is Greg Fisher. I'm here with James Nickel and Ryan Holmes, the co-founders of Snowplanks. Um, thanks for joining me this morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. So, um, these guys run a company called Snowplanks. They're snowboard and now skateboard manufacturers here in Bend. And so, I'd just love to know a little bit about both of you. Like, where'd you grow up? Well, uh, I grew up in Portland and um, spent 18 years um, in Westland, right outside of Lake Oswego. And then uh, Ryan and I uh, met down in San Diego uh, for college. Uh, we went to USD together. And I ended up spending about 10 years there before I moved back to Bend. And for me, I grew up in a town called Lakewood, Washington, which is uh, kind of near Tacoma, Washington. Um, as James mentioned, uh, I think him and I were both in the same place as getting the heck out of the Northwest rain and get into some sunshine. So I went to school at University of San Diego, and that's where James and I met. And uh, since college, I've kind of bounced around a little bit and worked primarily in medical and have lived in Las Vegas, San Diego, Seattle, Portland, and, and now Bend. So a little bit of everywhere on the nice. West Coast. Nice. So going back to San Diego, I mean, how hard was it to leave San Diego? Well, you know, you get your fill, Southern California. It's uh, it's kind of a rat race. It's got, you know, it, it has a lot of pluses, but um, it's tough to beat Oregon especially Central Oregon. And so it was kind of a natural to get back to the roots and get back up here for me. Uh, you know, I, after college, um, I immediately moved out of San Diego, not because I wanted to, but just kind of work decided to move me out of the beaches and move to the desert in Vegas. But certainly going back and um, visiting San Diego uh, is a lot of fun. Now, <laughs> I would say if there was one place that I had to live, and it wasn't Bend, it would be probably somewhere in San Diego. Um, Same. Yeah. Totally agree. Although the cost of living, though, is, is a little bit uh, pricier down that way, but uh, just such a beautiful place, so much to offer, such a laid-back town in Southern California. It's an awesome place. Yeah, it's creeping up. It's getting expensive there. There's a bunch of people kind of leaving L.A. and the, the Bay Area going. I lived there for two years when I was in the Navy, and so I got, I got lucky. I mean, the Navy basically... Oh, yeah. housed me on Coronado so <laughs> it was awesome and when people yeah and when people ask about what the cool places are it's my number two I mean yeah. I always say San Diego if you want the beach you know I think it's the only thing we don't have here yeah so yeah um so since you guys were in San Diego I mean what did you do you, you guys are snowboard manufacturers so um what was it like to be people who liked being in the mountains but living in a beach town. I mean, how did you get your fix? Surfing. <laughs> yeah. You know, surfing every day. I mean, I think that's where a lot of snow planks, uh, has its roots based and, um, derives a lot of its, uh, um, just kind of background from, um, you know, the, the mantra for snow planks is surfing the powder, surfing the mountain, um, surf the earth. And so, you know, living in San Diego and, and accessing the ocean on a daily basis really kind of created a, a backbone for this brand in a lot of ways. Um, 
and just kind of the way that we present the brand is is almost as much of a surf brand as it is a snowboard brand. And so, you know, it's kind of goes hand in hand um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think the San Diego uh, history for James and I definitely is, is at the core of, of Snowplanks, as is Bend, of course. But James is right. I mean, the surf-inspired approach that we've taken with all of our products is has kind of given us that unique story to tell. Um, you know, most of these snowboard manufacturers focus in on how, you know, that experience of snowboarding, 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 and we've been able to really kind of tap into the emotions of surfing and um, really liken our products and what the experience provides on a snow plank to that of what it feels like being, you know, in the ocean on a wave. Um, I also think that San Diego is, is, is very similar to Ben in the sense it's, it's such an outdoor active community. Um, so, you know, us being a, an outdoor brand and, and you know, having that fix of being in that active lifestyle, but in that beach environment certainly caters well to the active lifestyles and that outdoor uh, approach that people have here in Bend as well. Yeah. So that kind of, that makes sense to me because when I first saw snow planks, like the immediate feeling for me was like, wow, this is a little different. This is kind of mountain focused. And, um, as someone who grew up snowboarding on the East coast, you know, I brought my like short board from like park board from the, the East coast. And like my first day at bachelor in January was just, it was obscene. I mean, it, it was terrible. And so, um, I've slowly had to, to figure out what it's like to live here and, and deal with the conditions and things like that. And so, um, it just got me really interested in, in sort of the designs. And I feel like you guys are, are mountain first and, and kind of, um, can you tell me a little bit about, um, the sort of, riders or the sort of um conditions or or what inspires the design with snow planks i mean what are you really trying to to get to what are you trying to make people experience well we're a powder focused company um our, our designs are made for having uh maximizing your experience in, in powder conditions so you know what we want to be is a brand that when it drops four plus inches a batch you pull out your snow plank and you're riding it, whether it's a board or a split board or skis. Um, that's, that's kind of been our focus since day one. Obviously we started with all edgeless boards, which don't lend themselves to ice and hard pack very well. So, you know, we, it's at the roots of our brand that we're a powder focused company. Now we've gotten into all mountain shapes because it, the consumer demands them. And also because our riders demand them and we, you know, they want boards that they can ride every day and we want boards we can ride every day. So although our boards do shine in powder, um, they're, they're good in any kind of condition that you can muster. Um, a lot of what we've done with our shapes is because of Mount Bachelor, it's a flat mountain. And so we've, uh, we've built our boards to be able to kind of move through flat sections. Um, you know, you can liken it to like a fish surfboard or something where you have a little more volume, a little, uh, more, um, push through, uh, you know, your flatter sections into wind lip slashes or, you know, into an air that you want to throw. It allows you to have that speed and maintain that speed, um, on a, on a flatter mountain like Mount Bachelor. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we, we kind of conceptualized what we wanted to create, it, it really was, you know, our story started on, 
Mount Bachelor on a powder day. And, and it was kind of James and I thinking about the current snow sports marketplace and, and sort of a lack of powder purist companies out there that are building product from the ground up with powder in mind. And selfishly, and I think 99% of riders would agree with me that the best days on a mountain are going to be the days that powder is, you know, is, is plentiful. And why not develop a brand that is developing product geared towards the greatest days that you could possibly have on any mountain like a Mount Bachelor. And that's where we saw us fitting a mold and sort of filling a gap is that we're not a standard, you know, everyday snowboard company that has this wide range of product. And oh, by the way, we happen to have a couple of powder boards. Like we are a powder board company. Everything that has gone into the materials, the shapes, the end product has been built around a powder riding experience. We've been able to evolve and, 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 and grow that a little bit and, and become a little bit more all mountain with some of our offerings, but still powder is at our focus, powder is at our core, powder will always be at the foundation of what we do. So can you take me from being at Bachelor and, and thinking, man, we should really do this? Like, I, I mean, I, I would think it'd be awesome to make snowboards, but I mean, there's so much... <laughs> There's so much tactical um, level things to put in place. So how do you leave the mountain that day? You guys really got inspired and, and start putting the pieces in place. I mean, what does that actually even look like? A lot of trial and error, tons, you know, just, you know, we started just building boards in my garage, skis, you know, different shapes, different styles, um, different materials. We eventually kind of graduated into pressing boards and built our own snowboard press and started pressing snowboards and, you know, working with different types of materials to maximize float and responsiveness and the whole deal. And it took two years before we even had something that we would ever want to bring to market. Two years of vetting the product, two years of riding the product, two years of trying to break the product, you know, just really trying to make it as good as possible. And then we said, okay, I think we have something. So we decided to release it to the world. And since that happened, we've progressed the brand from a manufacturing standpoint so far. Uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, the, the difference from last year to this year, just an example, for example, in, in the way that the boards work, the weight, the flex, the materials, everything. It's so vastly different. We're just constantly innovating. And being a small craft brand allows you to do that. We have no one to answer to. Mm -hmm. We can, on the fly, make the boards better, make them stronger, make them more uh, um, user-friendly because we don't have to stick to a mold. We're, you know, we can constantly be innovative and, and try to better the brand as we go along. And that's really what's kind of been the mantra behind Snowplanks is like always be innovating, always trying to be outside the box and be different and not be like everyone else and not try to make snowboards like Burton. You know, it's, it's, it's something that we want to continue to try to differentiate our brand. And that was from the day that we started in the garage until now. Um, it's constantly been that way. Yeah. I think going back to the trial and error process, I mean, there's no website, how to, you know, brochure online. 
you know, it's not like Burton and LibTech um, have a, here's how to build a snowboard manual online. Nobody, that, that doesn't exist. The only way to really develop a high-end, high-performing product is through years and years of trial and error. And I think that's one of the great things that about snow planks is that every board that people are buying today has so many years of R&D and experience and blood, sweat, and tears that have gone into what they're now riding today. It wasn't like we magically came up and f came across this, you know, this this owner's manual around how to build a snowboard, and then we just figured it out in a week and, and started developing them. You know, the the iterations of boards and the generations of boards that we've that have come before what we now have today is plentiful. I mean, it's so vast and it's, it's amazing to be able to look at it. We actually have so many of our original boards up on our walls and original skis on the walls. And it's, it's almost laughable going and looking at those, but at the same time, it makes you feel so proud because it gives you such great perspective and knowing where you come from and where you are today. And I, I certainly, you know, I want people to understand that story. I want people to understand that this started in a garage, this started with plywood, this, this, this wasn't just an overnight success where we somehow figured out that bamboo, carbon fiber, and all these materials somehow fit together and now I'm a snowboard manufacturing company. It's incredible hard work and a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of energy that goes into where the product is today. And we're, James and I are super proud of that. And I really think that that story is what people gravitate to as well. Um, when people think about what does it mean to buy something that's handcrafted, well, that's way different than buying a brand that's mm -hmm. punched out in China. Um, and I think that's a differentiator um, and it, it's a value proposition that we bring uniquely to the marketplace that I think people gravitate to. Not 100% of people out there, but a good percentage of people gravitate to that craft, handcrafted, handmade quality that Snowplanks delivers. And I think that's that unique proposition that we bring to it. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys are speaking to something that I think is really important in business too. I mean, you can't please everyone and, and having early adopters and enthusiasts is just so great um, for small businesses and especially for craft businesses. It reminds me, we were in Sonoma a few weeks ago and we met um, a girl who had been working on one of the vineyards since she was really young. And this is her second year making some small batches of wine. And she's kind of said, well, yeah, well, Kendall Jackson could use grapes from anywhere. They could grow grapes in Iowa and make the Chardonnay that everybody likes to drink. But you have to understand about this, this batch of rosé that I made. You know, this was dependent on the weather, the workers I had at the time, the soil conditions. You know, all these things are, are inside of this bottle. And everything that I've learned about wine and everything that I care about is all inside of here. And so while there's a place for um, someone to ride a Burton Custom, um, something that I think is really cool about Oregon is it seems like a lot of people have two or three boards. And so I think, you know, that day when there's six inches, eight inches or 12 inches fresh on the mountain and I go into my garage and I'm like, today is the snow planks day. I feel like that's probably got to be pretty nice for someone to do and then especially knowing what went into it from you guys knowing um that it's a local company knowing you guys care um about the mountain and your processes and so i just think that's a fantastic story and i think um 
I'm like selling myself. I'm like, all right, so when we're done, like I'm gonna go ahead and yeah, I'm like, I need to get my board um, on the way out. But uh, your East Coast board doesn't work. Here. No, actually, someone told me like, do not ever ride it again. And supposedly, it's worth some money, so I might, I might sell it or put it on my wall. <laughs> You're making an art piece. Yeah, you, but you have a really good point though. You know, around the kind of quiver concept because, you know, that was also especially when we were only doing edgeless boards. Um, we were trying to figure out you know, place where this board fit. And it's not an everyday board, especially with the edgeless powder boards. We really identified the quiver concept as something that is so adaptable to the, you know, the, the uh, snow sports. You know, you see it and James can attest in surfing all the time where you go to a, a surfer's garage and you open up that garage. I mean, it is a wall full of, of uh, surfboards that are unique in itself, but each one is really custom built for a certain condition in a certain day. And that's kind of how we felt about the snow planks as well, um, whether it be split boards or edgeless boards. We're able to offer such a wide range of, of offerings to our customers out there um, to where you have that split board for the day that you want to go ahead and hike, uh, you know, Tumalo or Broken Top or South Sister. You've got that edgeless powder board for that day that it Patra just dumped. 10 inches of snow and you want the best powder riding experience you can ever have. You've got those edge twin tip boards for certain days. And so we're really trying to capitalize on that quiver and recognize that all boards and all companies have their place. And, and at times we're not competing against Burton. We're not competing against Lipton. Right. Let them be your everyday board. But when you are looking for the best powder riding experience you could possibly have, that's where you need a snow plank. So one thing I wanted to ask you guys, um, you guys are, are great marketers as a, as a company. Can you tell me about some of the things you do um, bringing boards? You know, I, I've noticed that some companies or organizations have a snow playing sport and they're donating it or giving away or using it in a contest or you're making custom product for local businesses to use. Can you tell me about, you know, maybe pick out one or two of the things that, that stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you always want to be a part of your community as, as a company. And the best way for us to do that is through our product. You know, really the best marketing tool we have is our product. And so, you know, when, when we're asked to be a part of something, I don't think we've ever said no, you know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. we're, we, we, we try to really um, support other brands and other companies and bend. And if it means that, they can, you know, donate it or we can donate a snow plank and they can raffle it or they can give it away or whatever they're doing with it. And that helps them. That's great for us because it helps market our brand too. Um, but you know, we have had some awesome collaborations and, um, obviously homeschool, um, snowboard outerwear. Uh, we did a great collaboration with them last year where they did a sales competition for 15 boards and sent them out to shops across the country. Um, and that, you know, was very beneficial. We obviously had a big collaboration with the Shoots Brewery, um, which was very significant and, and went really well with them. And that was an awesome partnership. And so we're, we, you know, we're, we're always open to working with local companies. I think, you know, this summer being able to work with Jerry Lopez on these skateboards has been like kind of a dream come true. You know, I mean, he's a legend. And he's, um, you know, such a big part of the community. And we 
are just beyond stoked to be able to work with him on these skates that are really turning out incredibly well. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out ways that we can, as a brand, um, continue to be present and, you know, be current, um, while, you know, working with people locally here that are um, successful and innovative and, and really just, uh, great people. Can you, can you talk to the, the one that you were showing me earlier? Cause I, I feel like that was a cool project that you got, that you were making right now. Oh, as far as the boards, the skateboards, the, uh, the ski, the one ski. Oh, that, the, sh the shot. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah. You know, I mean, we're always looking for ways and this is, this kind of goes back to how incredible of a community bend is when it comes to just the overwhelming support that companies are willing to give to one another, to collaborate, to just find ways to support one another. You know, he's always using the analogy that a rising tide raises all ships. And I think that all these companies are contributing to this rising tide that is benefiting each and every single one of these companies at different levels, certainly. So, you know, we, we happened to get a chance to go visit uh, Boneyard the other week in their tasting room, which is, you know, clearly one of the greatest you know, breweries around and uh, certainly a, a beer that James and I frequent. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were in there and they, they have these cool little Schottsky uh, set up in there and they've just got some random Rossignol or some random ski in there. And so we thought like, hey, how cool it would be to just to, to, to be able to give Boneyard a bamboo carbon fiber snowplank shot ski. <laughs> so, awesome. so we're going to be actually hand delivering that over to Liz and Tony and the uh, Boneyard crew today. And it's just a way for us to show our love and appreciation for the companies that have really paved the way and have really been the trailblazers that have put Ben on the map and anything we can do to show our appreciation to these guys or, you know, collaborate with them or give them a shot ski that gives us even, you know, gives us exposure as well in the process is is the fun part about doing business in Bend. But describe the shot ski real quick, just so <laughs> for people who don't know what that is. Yeah, well, I mean, for any mountain town out there, people who have traveled to a mountain town, I guarantee just about every single local bar has one of these. But it's it's a ski that has kind of hardware positioned on it that you can sort of position shot glasses into these where multiple people, I think it's up to four or five people, can take a shot at the same time where they lift the ski at the same time and take that shot at the same time. And it's like, it's such a mountain town thing to do. And, you know, Boneyard does it over there. They do it with beer, of course. You yeah. know, I've unfortunately have done it with tequila before. <laughs> and other stuff and it's not, I think, I think the beer is a much more delicate and enjoyable experience than Jägermeister. But, uh, yeah, so just a fun little concept, a cool thing that we can do for Boneyard. And we're stoked to be able to deliver that to them today. Nice. So can you guys kind of tell me a little bit about, um, the, I was telling you earlier, the first place I saw you was from uh, the Ben Venture Conference um, coverage. And I just thought that was so cool that you guys, as a, it was essentially a traditional manufacturing operation, were involved um, in the Venture Conference, which I think is important because, you know, typically for me, coming from San Francisco and New York, I just associate that immediately with tech. And so to see a wide range of companies being involved and then seeing a manufacturer um, kind of benefiting from being involved. I mean, can you just, just sort of talk to, um, how local investors 
and, and being involved in Venture Conference has benefited you or, or kind of what the experience was like? Well, I think it, it was cool, too, because we're not manufacturing hard drives. We're manufacturing snowboards, you know. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, it is a tech conference, you know. And if there's an outdoor company involved in it, they're probably doing an app or something. You know, they're not making something a lot of the time. And so it's to be an outdoor company that was manufacturing a product that maybe, you know, a lot of the people that attend the conference may not even use to have that kind of response and outpouring was, it, it was such a, a boost for us at the time, you know, not only financially, I mean, we were gifted $15,000 that we immediately turned around and bought a state of the art press with. So now we can just bang out as many boards and skis as we want. And right. that changed everything for us from a manufacturing standpoint. And, you know, to not have to bring on equity to get that little chunk of change was a, was awesome. It was a huge deal. And that's what really the, the Ben Venture Conference can offer companies in a lot of ways, especially growth companies or startup companies. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think uh, Bend Outdoor Works was the reason we did it. And, you know, Ryan uh, meeting Gary and Gary getting us, you know, involved with Bow and, and having that whole process happen was the only reason we were there in the first place. And so to be there and have that opportunity to even speak to, you know, 300 plus people in the Tower Theater was as far as we thought we were going to get. And just we were so stoked on that. And then to win it, it was just like, okay, this so is cool. awesome, <laughs> you know, so... So, yeah, I mean, it was it was an incredible experience for us. And, um, you know, we we hope to continue, um, you know, working with the local investment community and the local, uh, you know, pub talks and and OA stuff. And, you know, I, I think it's important for for any company coming in here to really tap into that, because th this is a very entrepreneur rich environment and people can be successful here if they allow themselves to open up to the community. And, you know, that I think for a long time we were kind of missing that for snowplanks. And one, now that we're involved in it, it's been a huge game changer for us. That's awesome. That's great. Um, so kind of switching gears a little bit, I think you guys probably have this knowledge is, as much as anyone else and, and probably have some good tips. So I'm curious, like what is the ultimate Mount bachelor experience? Like what, if I'm getting there at 8 AM, I'm visiting Ben and I just want to have the perfect day on the mountain. Like, what's my route? What's kind of some tips and tricks? <laughs> Ooh, man, it's, it's a good day. Well, you know, first of all, you need to have the right crew going up there. Mm. I think one of the things that, you know, I think personally, enhances always my experiences when I can share that experience with others. I mean, I love riding solo and hit a powder day, throwing some, you know, throwing my headphones in my ears and, and just enjoying the moment solo. But the days that are the most memorable are the ones where James or a group of our buddies or family are, are up there all thriving in that experience together. So say step one is make sure you've got your crew or group of loved ones together with you, uh, but also make sure they can rip because the last thing you want to do is have one of them holding you up all day long. That's if that's fair. the case, which we've had to do before, you send that person to the lodge yeah. and encourage them to go get a Bloody Mary and 
just enjoy the lodge while the rest of you guys go ride. Not speaking about anybody in particular there. <laughs> no names. No names to mention there. <laughs> um, but I think the other thing too is, you know, great thing about bachelors, we are blessed with a lot of wonderful condition days out there. And for the last, this last year was one of those uh, years where being able to look at the snow report and see some of these storms coming in, you got to plan your calendar around these storms coming in. Clear your schedule, call in sick, do whatever you have to do <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that uh, you know you're you're setting up for for some of those good days. But as far as on the mountain, you, you want to speak to I that? <laughs> get to the mountain at seven thirty, miss traffic, mm. hike the cone, get some fresh laps in. Go ride uh, sky until summit opens if it's a sunny pow day, and then session backside summit all day to northwest. That's going to be your that's best it. day at Bachelor for sure. Yeah, and it's pretty much unbeatable. Yeah, I mean that's cool thing about Bachelor is there's so much terrain out there to ride. You know whether it's going off summit and going backside down northwest, or whether it's going off summit and hitting the east bowls and just lapping the east bowls. Um, whether it's just lapping northwest chair and just hitting out as far into the uh, you know hitting out as far west as you can go um, off northwest chair. There's so much great terrain out there. And even on great powder days, while everybody from Bend is up there usually on that day, it's always, you can always find track, fresh tracks out there. And that's kind of cool with how much terrain we have to ride at Mount Bachelor. Um, definitely recommend at least a beer or two mm. around the lunch hour. Crucial. So you got to give your legs a break. Mm -hmm. And you've got to, you know, re-energize. And I highly recommend an IPA or, or two to be able to get that done. And then... Just keep ripping all afternoon while everybody else is ready to get off the mountain around one or two and everybody's local and heading usually down the mountain around then. You can find yourself at the end of the day with a couple of hours of just more fresh turns, uh, no lift lines, and just an incredible experience up there at Mount Bachelor. So, Especially with that new lift coming in this year. Yeah. Right. Pretty rad. Cloud chaser? Cloud chaser. Cloud right. chaser. That'll be open awesome. up a lot of new terrain. Yeah. That's a good recap. So outside of Bachelor, just quick fire. <laughs> I mean, what are your favorite other two places that you like to ride? Oh, um, I think, you know, anything in in the Three Sisters Wilderness, Tam MacArthur Rim, Broken Top, um, you know, if you, obviously, I mean, you can just hike Tumalo and have an amazing day in the bowl there. There's just mind-blowing terrain. Um, we have so much backcountry here in, in Oregon and it's so underutilized a lot of it you know you do need a, a sled or just some really strong legs to get to but you don't see anyone you know you you go out there and you know you can pick off a couple lines and it's just so soulful and you know peaceful and um, you know it's just something that's really important but I will put my plug in that you need to be avalanche trained yeah. before you go out there because it's no joke and you know you just def definitely don't want to get in trouble. We did an awesome trip to Mount Bailey a couple of years ago. A group of us um, went out there. Definitely something I would recommend to people that are looking for that backcountry. It, it's a cat skiing environment, so you've mm -hmm. got this big cat that'll take you to the top, so you're not having to skin up or um, snowmobile up. So you've got a cat that's helping you lap every single time. But great terrain out at Mount Bailey, something that's 
you know, very accessible, only a few hours away. Um, they provide amazing tours and adventures, and the guys that are up there are just total rock stars. So for somebody who's looking for, you know, something where I can get back country, get fresh laps, you know, get fresh turns all day long, uh, Bailey is a great place to go as well. Would you? Do you guys have a – is there someone that sticks out to you when you were growing up rider-wise? You know, like, this is my favorite rider. Ooh, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think from a from a snowboarding perspective, like Terry J. Hackinson yeah. is definitely someone that stands out um, in a lot of ways. Jamie Lynn, for sure. You know, innovative riders, um, Brian Gucci, guys that were kind of pushing the level of snowboarding with style and grace and really doing it in a way that was was unique and different and um, and progressing the brands they were working with in a lot of ways to push the product and push the development of the product, um, which made it more fun for everyone because you could hop on their pro model and it was an incredible board to ride, you know. So, you know, for me, that was definitely, you know, kind of the guys that I was looking at. So for me, the skiing and the skiing half of the partnership, um, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, Glenn Plake <laughs> might have been the mohawk that he had out there, but he, you know, was the guy as a kid that you just gravitated to because he was on all like the Warren Miller videos and he was had this awesome mohawk. So as a kid, you're just like, whoa, look at that cool hair there. But he was so <laughs> progressive in terms of his riding and became such a big name and really brought a cool factor to skiing. And so just from my generation of growing up, you know, uh, the Mohawk and Glenn Plake was, was definitely who I idolized growing up. So what do you guys do in the, I mean, we have an incredibly long season here, but how do you get your fix in this time of year kind of leading up back into the late fall? Well, I just spent two days surfing at the coast. So that yeah. helped. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, you know, I mean, you go out to the mountain lakes and you're in nature in 20 minutes and you're, you know, paddleboarding or, you know, wakeboarding or wake surfing or, you know, there's a river wave now, you know, there is so unlimited here. You can't even, you can't decide what to do. Yeah. Like you, you can fill every single day of the summer with a hundred activities, not to mention concerts and, you know, breweries and whatever else is going on you know it's just like it's endless you know we have a really really special town like this is if you can live here this is the real deal like you've you've made it to one of the greatest places in the country you know and so you know that for me it's it's not really hard at all you know i'm just like i think for both of us too we're pretty much in it year round because we're working on it year round mm -hmm. you know so like right now we're building, this is like, manuf this is, this is like go time right now for snowflakes, you know, from a manufacturing process uh, point, we don't build as many boards during the ski season as we do right now, you know, pre-books, doing boards for shops, doing collab boards, kind of prepping everything for next year during the summertime. So it keeps that stoke alive. You're in the shaping room a lot. And it really kind of, you know, keeps that, that, snowboard skiing mindset going year-round yeah and I, I i think when the i always joke around with people one of the most frustrating things about living in bend is there's so much to do and 24 hours in a day is just far too little number of hours to get everything in that you want to do in bend and 
it can be frustrating because I want to paddleboard every day. I want to mountain bike every day. I want to golf every day. I want to, I want to do everything that Ben has to offer on a regular basis, but it's so yeah. frustrating because we don't have enough time to do it. And it's such an incredible problem to have. But I will say one thing. This is, I don't know how many other towns you can do this, but um, very end of the ski season this year, had the opportunity to do my first Ben trifecta, which consisted of hitting Phil's trail for an hour and a half ride first thing in the morning, throwing the bikes in the back of the truck, bombing up to Mount Bachelor, ripping incredible snow for an hour and a half up at Mount Bachelor, throwing the skis into the back of the truck, and then heading down and golfing 18 holes in the afternoon. Nice. It was a pretty amazing day, and I don't think there's too many places on earth where you can get away with doing the uh, the uh, nice spring trifecta. <laughs> but it, it, it was one of those days where uh, you sit back and go, my life is amazing and living in Bend is the greatest place on earth. And all of you who live elsewhere uh, don't have it nearly as good as we have it here. It's true. <laughs> it was one of those reminders that I'm never leaving this town. Yeah, so much <laughs> gratitude in my heart. Like it, you would think it's over something and it maybe it's a little spiritual in a way. But like yeah. some days I'm just like so great. I'm like, I'm overcome with gratitude yeah. to oh, be here. Sure. It's crazy. Yep. Um, so what's, what's next for, uh, for you guys for snow planks? I know, you know, I, I saw skateboards down there, which are, look awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, Jerry Lopez working on that with you guys. I mean, what's next? I mean, tell me a little bit about that and then kind of what's after that. Well, I mean, the so our, our line of boards for this year has grown. We have nine boards in the line. So we'll have four split boards um, and then five solid boards as well as skis. So, you know, obviously entering the ski market is a huge deal. Um, we're basically attacking 50% of the market that we've never even had a chance to access. And it's taken years to develop those skis, and they are awesome. We are super, super stoked to release them. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll be concentrating on that, um, definitely. You know, obviously already right now we're gearing up for SIA and, like, really trying to make an impact at that trade show this year and try to increase our distributors and shops that we're in and try to just grow the brand, you know, from a, from a sales standpoint and a distribution standpoint. Um, it's been incredible to have the response we have had in Oregon. Um, but you know, if you want to grow your product, you have to think outside your, your home state. And so we're, you know, looking at kind of the next, steps for where we're going to branch into, um, nationally and internationally. And so, you know, it's been a, it's been an amazing year because we've really, we've grown, we sold, you know, a good amount of product, and we're, um, we're able now to kind of see a path that we can go down and have a business plan and, and see how we can, you know, really grow this thing with this next year. Yeah, I think we've spent, you know, so many years just really focused on developing an incredibly strong foundation to let this company explode off of. I think a lot of companies try to become overnight successes and they have a very weak foundation that they're trying to build on. And those are the companies that just, you know, crumble overnight because they grew too fast and really didn't have the foundation in place to be successful. Um, I think we've spent so much time and, and have really taken a path of taking our time to develop an incredible foundation, 
product is uh, over the top good, um, brand recognition, the, the fact, you know, how people view our, our brand and what people think about snow planks is something that we've really worked hard to develop over the last few years as well. And, and I feel like we're now at that point of really being able to boost the trajectory because we feel confident in the foundation. We're not one of those companies that sits back and is, is, is gearing up to grow like gangbusters, but still feel very um, concerned about the product or concerned about the brand or concerned about the, the owners or the foundation that, that the company is being built on. And so I think we're in a really, really good place. I think this um, 2016, 2017 ski season is going to be one that's going to be hugely mem memorable. Um, one that we're going to be looking back on years down the line as a game-changing year for us. Um, and hopefully we'll have more and more years like that. I mean, we looked at this 2015-2016 year as a game-changing year. And, and we just want to keep positioning ourselves to where we're really allowing for us to, to, to capitalize on a trajectory opportunity um, that can let snowplanks flourish long-term. I think one other area that we're, we're really looking to, to grow and expand and, and coming, you know, as we continue to evolve is, is how we can continue to give back and how we can continue to provide value to the greater good. Um, one brand that we've partnered with from the very beginning has been POW or Protect Our Winter. Um, we're a portion of every board that we sell, we give back to Protect Our Winter. And it's something that I think all riders out there can get behind. I mean, who wouldn't want to, you know, contribute to an organization that's geared towards protecting the, the environment that we thrive in or want to thrive in each and every single day during the winter months. Um, but we want to continue to find ways that we can really use our brand to provide value to a greater good. And, and so I think that's going to be something as we move forward, we're going to be constantly looking for areas of opportunity to where snow planks can not only be known as a great snowboard and ski brand or skateboard brand but also a brand that provides incredible value out there to the local communities and communities beyond then nice so if i'm somebody who doesn't have a snow plank board or ski setup and i just think you guys are cool like what can i do can i buy a hat t-shirt <laughs> like how, how can the community support you guys um maybe if they're not customers um, what, what can people do? How can they find you or, or what sort of thing? How can they engage with you guys? Well, we have, uh, obviously we've got hats and, you know, um, koozies, et cetera, on, on our website for sale. Um, also we'll, you know, during the winter we have all of our products and shops locally. Um, we, you know, are going to be down at, um, first Friday at Whitewater Tap House this Friday. And we're going to be, um, selling product down there, blackstrap face masks and beer coasters made out of, you know, um, oh, nice. reused uh, uh, boards and skis and, you know, just kind of like some cool um, products that, you know, you can't access elsewhere, um, custom stuff. And so, yeah, we'll be down there doing that. And so, you know, there's, we're, we're going to be doing events throughout the summer, throughout the year. We're going to be doing collab events next winter with companies to help, um, you know, really kind of give back to our partners in Oregon Adaptive Sports and Oregon Avalanche Association, protect our winners, you know, and really try to, like, continue to support the nonprofits. And, and I think, 
you know, if, if you come to one of those events, that's all the support we're asking for. Just mm-hmm. kind of be a part of the, of the snow sports community here and, and just, you know, see what we're doing. And, and if you want to be a part of it, that's awesome. And, and we can, we can help you do that. Cool. Yeah. And we've, and we've seen that overwhelming support, um, continuously. I mean, go back to the Ben Venture Conference. I mean, that's a room of 400 venture capital focused individuals in there, maybe some of which are skiers and some of which are snowboarders, but it's a very tech focused audience and, and people just gravitated to the brand and what we were stood for and what we were trying to accomplish and where we came from and where we want to go. And I think just that kind of support from whether you're a skier or you're not a skier, just to get behind a brand that's trying to do something great for the community um, is, is something we've truly appreciated. And we've had, it's fun to be able to walk around, you know, a first Friday, for example, and you just see, you know, 10 snow planks hats <laughs> yeah. wandering the streets and you're just like, God, you know, it, it's so great to now see the support that people are providing to our company. Um, whether they're buying a snowboard, they're buying a, a Jerry Lopez skateboard and they're buying a new pair of skis or they're just buying a beanie for the winter. They're buying a hat or, or they're just, you know, friends with us on Instagram or Facebook and they just continue to support us through social media. There's so many ways and, and we're so appreciative to all the overwhelming and incredible support that we continue to get from this community um, and beyond uh, on a daily basis. Awesome. And I'll, I'll put some links in for um, where you can find snow planks because I do the Instagram is kind of it's kind of fun. So yeah. I've, been, I've been enjoying following that. Yeah. So kind of close this down. I like to ask people and, and I'll get specific with you guys. And you're, you had a big day at the mountain. You're on your way back to town. You got to pick something. Where are you going? Where are you going after a good day on the mountain to get a drink or some food? And you got to pick one. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you're going to get us in trouble. Yeah. Oh, no, it's okay. Man. Yeah. Well, we have kids now, so that's a factor, you know, that definitely plays into it. It's got to be kid friendly. Uh, you know, it depends on if it's a nice day, but rapid fire, you got to pick. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We, we have so many great places to go. I, okay. So I'll, I'll throw it out there. I mean, I, I think one of the most fun places to do, especially in the, the spring, uh, skiing times where the weather's awesome is, uh, firing over to Crux you know, to enjoy the outdoor grassy area. Um, it's very family friendly. So it's, as James mentioned, usually after a full day of skiing, uh, the wife and kids are ready for the dads to re-engage. And (laughs) so you let the kids run around and have a great time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so many awesome places. I, I will definitely say that, uh, grabbing a beer as you get back into town somewhere, which it seems like we go different places Mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, is, is a lot of fun. I'd say the the uh, the tailgate of my truck in the Skyliner parking lot. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's my spot. That's yeah, where I want to be. That's yeah. nice. I gotta I have to up my game for uh, next year because I did a ton of spring skiing. Yeah. this year, and yeah. so I need to. I have to get some tips from you. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys uh, so much for taking some time out of your day. Um, this was great. I really appreciate it. Definitely appreciate it. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Want to learn more about what it's like to live in Bend? Visit bendstation.com and join us for our next episode. Sweet. That was awesome. Great. That's going to turn out great. Thank you. There's probably probably one little spot where I was like, ah, we don't need that. But, uh, cool.
It was perfect. It's going to sound great. Awesome. Like, the sound is good. Blah, 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 blah. Answer. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. So, yeah. Yeah. I've had to learn uh, how to get a little better too, man, honestly. Like, well, you did a great job. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Of course. There's your brochure for so you can pick out your board for the sound. <laughs> I'm good.